You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 203 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? Welcome back, Michael. I'm doing great. Uh, you sound in a, in a great mood, and uh, you mentioned informing, engaging, and entertaining our dear listeners. Um, last week, you were entertaining across Ontario, and now you're back yeah. here to inform Habs fans across the planet. How's that for an opening? <laughs> I like that quite a bit. Uh, yeah, uh, I stepped away from Montreal for the weekend, uh, played a nice uh, small festival in uh, Roblin, Ontario, if anybody knows what Roblin, Ontario is, but a uh, nice little gem of, of a festival. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, always enjoy getting up there and playing some drums, and uh, I also enjoy quite a bit getting uh, on the microphone to inform, uh, very, well, for the most part, informing for sure. <laughs> And, uh, and we hope we entertain, too, and engage our, our dear audience. And, and we must be engaging them because we hear from them all the time. And, uh, and, and we're, we're grateful for that, even in the, these summer months, even when, you know, things get a little bit quiet, but there's still uh, lots of news. And that's uh, what we're here to do today is to let you know what's been happening. So a little sneak preview of uh, what we have lined up for you today on the episode. First, we're going to start off with our interesting headline of the week. That'll follow by some roster news and our prospect report. And to end segment one, uh, we have some news from around the league. Segment two, it's uh, breakthroughs and bounce backs. We'll have a discussion about uh, who we think might have a breakthrough year and who might have a bounce back year for the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll get you all up to date on that. And in segment three, this is where we engage you, our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. Would you support individual goal songs for the Montreal Canadiens players? We're going to have a little discussion about this. and we We're going to share sure our opinions, right? 
Yeah, well, you'll get to hear from us, uh, and uh, we also want to make sure we hear from you. Let us know who you think is right, and uh, <laughs> the best way uh, to let us know uh, is how, Rick. 5853-ROCKET. Text us. We set up a Rocket Sports text line. You can text us 24 hours a day at 5853-ROCKET. And make sure you give us a follow on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection. Plus, visit the website, canadiansconnection.com. And uh, I'll start things off here with our interesting headline of the week. So Canadians backup goaltender Jake Allen held his annual fundraising golf tournament this week. It was Thursday in Kingswood Park Golf Course nearby Hanwell. Uh, The Jake Allen Classic had raised uh, 415,000 for charities in the area. It's a great event. Um, It's a great charity. And, um, you know, Jake doesn't uh, jet off to uh, southern locales in the summer with family. He stays uh, uh, pretty uh, set in in New Brunswick. And part of of his uh, time in New Brunswick is devoted to the the foundation that he set up called Program 34. Their work with different charities in the New Brunswick area. And the, the highlight event is uh, a golf tournament. Uh, there's also a um, really interesting um, event where, where uh, Jake uh, um, has a, a forum where he, he sits in the Kingswood Lodge and meets with all uh, uh, young hockey players uh, and answers questions and takes photos with them and, and then uh, uh, raises money with, uh, with the golf tournament. This year they have... As far as recipients for the money that they raise, um, there's uh, the Upper Nashock Arena, Youth in Transition Program, the YMCA of Fredericton, Partners for Youth, Jobs Unlimited, Chalmers Foundation, which is a hospital foundation um, in uh, in New Brunswick, and uh, the Kingswood Turnaround Achievement Award. So lots of money raised, lots of beneficiaries, uh, and some great work being done by Jake Allen. Yeah, it's always interesting to see what uh, various players are up to over the summer. And uh, you know what? Good for Jake Allen for uh, sticking around in Canada and uh, doing a little, bit of, a little bit of work for charity. That's always nice to see. Absolutely. So make sure you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Headlines appearing regularly at allhabs.net. There was a little bit of roster news for the Montreal Canadiens organization this past week. Canadiens goalie coach Mario LeBlanc stepped down from his position and uh, Daniel Harvey was promoted to video coach with the the Canadiens from Laval. Uh, LeBlanc has had had a uh, 25-year career with the Habs, so congrats on a great career to um, Mario LeBlanc. And you think about that, Mario LeBlanc being, um, you know, coming into the Canadians organization as a video coach when uh, video was at its infancy and, and, you know, would have piles of VHS tapes on his, his desk and, and rather comes cumbersome uh, editing tools uh, to be able to break down clips uh, and has gone through that evolution where um, video is now is, uh, is something that where 
where uh, you know the video um, coaches sit in the in a room during the game and they they uh, cut clips and have those ready for intermission so the coaches can meet with players and and they can make uh, adjustments and and uh, it's it's far more technically advanced than than when he started um, but a, a great career uh, with Canadians is going to stay involved in in hockey ops uh, but moving away from the uh, video editing bin. Canadians also added to their hockey ops. Uh, they hired former Panther scout, scout uh, Billy Ryan as a director of player evaluation. Ryan was drafted uh, actually 80th overall in 2004. Unfortunately, he never played in the NHL, but uh, he spent a little while with the Panthers as a scout, and uh, now uh, he's a director of player evaluation for the Montreal Canadiens. Interesting job title, isn't it? It is. Um, he's from the Massachusetts area, so we're noticing that the, the hires in hockey ops have had that, uh, obviously uh, would be familiar with uh, Bob Roth and Hughes and, and Gordon, um, been with the Panthers organization as, um, as a scout since 20, the 2015-16 season. Um, and and very, and was at the table when uh, Emil Heineman uh, was selected 43rd uh, overall by the Florida Panthers. Um, he's th- this role um, that it's called director of player evaluation. It's kind of a hybrid role as as far as we know uh, that he's going to be in charge of, of amateur scouting in the U.S. Um, he and and uh, uh, an, another scout um, are are going to be you know scouting all of the NCAA for the Canadians as well as he's going to be part of the uh, player development team with Rob Ramage and Rob Ramage had a, a huge uh, uh, responsibility on his plate so that's going to be divided up uh, somewhat so that uh, Ryan can can be. Uh, in touch with Canadians prospects uh, who are playing in the NCAA. So um, it's, it's there, there's um, uh, Billy Ryan. There's um, last month. It was um, Albie O'Connell who was uh, hired away from Boston uh, university, the Terriers as uh, where he was the head coach. And he's going to be part of that amateur scouting staff in the, in the U S. Um, so they're, there's a lot of work to do, and and uh, Jeff Gordon and uh, Ken Hughes are relying on their contacts, people that they know, to to bolster uh, that hockey ops, particularly the scouting in this regard. And uh, well, there is quite a lot of work to do. One of the things that has not been done yet is uh, a contract for Kirby Doc. So we're starting a Kirby Doc signing watch, and it's it's ongoing right now. The Habs have a little bit over a 200k in cap space. Definitely not enough to sign Kirby Doc. Um, I'd have to think that a ball has to drop before they can really do that. Uh, so hopefully uh, hopefully that goes down soon. Uh, but as of now, Kirby Doc is an RFA, so there's uh, not a huge rush on getting a deal done, although I'm sure we'd all like to see it. Um, my expectation is that when it's done, um, this is coming off his ELC. This is, this is likely going to be a short-term contract, uh, you know, Kirby Doc has been underwhelming, let's say, uh, or underperforming uh, based on his draft position. And um, so this will be a, sh- I think both parties would be interested in a, in a short-term prove me kind of contract um, and uh, hopefully uh, can get him on track uh, 
there was the, uh, I had ballparked, uh, I'm talking with Chris G about this. I had ballparked about 2.5 million on a, uh, a year on it, on a two year contract for him. I noticed that, uh, uh, the folks at the athletic had, had compared him to, um, um, uh, a Caco kind of uh, Capo Caco kind of contract. He recently signed at two point one million for uh, two years, and and uh, you know both have played a similar number of games. Both have have got a similar number of points. Uh, they're uh, drafted one place apart, uh, so all of that seems to be reasonable. But as you said, uh, some things are going to have to happen first before uh, Kirby Doc is signed. Yeah, I agree. That sounds like that's probably the type of contract that fits both parties. I think if you're Kirby Doc, uh, you know, obviously you've underperformed. You want to prove something so that you can get that uh, bigger paycheck relatively quickly. And if you're Montreal, uh, certainly there's a risk in taking on a Kirby Doc. So maybe you don't want to commit long term to him. So a two year deal. uh, I think you said two point five million seems reasonable. I'm all for that. That's great. So now's a good time to take our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket have hired Jean Wen as their assistant equipment manager and Anastasio Abandonado as a locker room attendant. Uh, Wen was the equipment manager for the Trois-Rivières Lions, and Abandonado previously served as the equipment manager for uh, the Royan Noranda Huskies. Yeah, it's um, we, we remember our dear friend uh, Eric Levesque, who was the uh, head equipment manager um, with the Laval Rocket has moved on to other uh, other opportunities, and so a reshuffling had to take place. And uh, looking to bolster that department, um, reaching to to two uh, gentlemen who have experience in the queue, and uh, and as you said, uh, um, Jean uh, Wen um, with uh, with the queue, uh, Sherbrooke Phoenix, and then went on to. Uh, the Canadians' EAC, ECHL uh, affiliate in Trois-Rivières. Um, Abandonado, uh, Staz, as he's called, uh, Staz Abandonado, is uh, the brother of, um, of uh, forward Peter Abandonado. Um, so there'll be some uh, f- familiarity there, and, and uh, he'll start off as uh, a locker room attendant for the Rocket. So hopefully there are no awkward moments between the two abandonados. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd assume that they get along pretty well if uh, they're both in the organization. I expect so. Canadians prospects Riley Kidney and uh, Joshua Waugh will represent Canada at the 2022 World Junior Championships. Oliver Kapanen and Paturi Nurmi will play for Team Finland as well. Uh, unfortunately, Luke Tuck, Blake Biondi, and Lane Hudson did not make the U.S. national junior roster. Uh, the tournament starts next week, so make sure you keep an eye out on Team Canada and Team Finland if you want to have a look at uh, all these prospects. And, uh, well, I guess we're not watching Team USA at all this year. Not uh, not this tournament, but uh, let's hope that those three, the, the, the camp, uh, the National Junior Evaluation Camp, 
held in in Plymouth by um, the U.S. Uh, the new U.S. national team was evaluating both this tournament and players for. Uh, the traditional Christmas, uh, New Year's tournament. So hopefully we'll have a chance to see Luke Tuck, Blake Biondi, Lane Hudson uh, at the tournament that's going to be held in in six months. But yes, uh, the focus for now, uh, the focus is going to be on Canadians' prospects with with Finland, with Canada, uh, and with Czechia. Uh, Jan Mishak uh, supposed to be uh, representing Czechia. So I, we did get to hear a little bit from Joshua Waugh in regards to his experience at the World Juniors and uh, the direction of the CH. Well, it's it's amazing. When I uh, learned about the news, I got a call from uh, Alan Miller. I was so excited to be part of the of this team and try to get a gold medal. Well, uh, they were happy. Uh, they say me that uh, I had to to get a pro game if I want to play uh, one day in the NHL. So I'm going to try to improve on that. What is a, the pro game for you? Well, I mean, it's a 200-feet game. Uh, D-zone, O-zone, everything. Uh, i got to be sharp everywhere. An interview from uh, TSN. Mark Masters, who uh, does a great job with the World Juniors, and prospect, Canadian's prospect, Joshua Waugh, talking about the the instructions given to him by um, the Montreal Canadiens staff uh, we know that he joined uh, the Laval Rocket at the end of the um, at the end of his junior season. Got some experience there. Uh, got into one game, I believe, um, with the Rocket. Now back to to junior, of course. Um, but talking about that, he really needs to improve his conditioning uh, and his his. Uh, uh, making sure he plays uh, well uh, away from the puck. His his offensive prowess is well known, um, but he needs to have a pro game, as the, as uh, he described there, uh, being effective in in all three zones. Yeah, he's someone I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, last year in the queue, he uh, he he played pretty well. He had a really <laughs> nice season. Uh, he he gained a lot of hype within the organization and. Uh, well, Craig Button, uh, a few months ago when he did some prospect rankings, he had uh, Joshua Waugh, I believe, number two on the Canadians list. Uh, obviously, that's probably changed after this uh, recent draft, but uh, definitely someone that I want to keep an eye on. And another guy that uh, I'm pretty excited about, and uh, Riley Kidney, uh, we have some audio from him as well. It means everything. Um, when I got the call, it was super exciting. Um, it's a dream come true representing Team Canada, uh, especially at this uh, level in this event. Um, when I was younger, I was just watching tournaments, so being able to play in it uh, is the best, so I'm super excited for it. Um, they just told me I need to get uh, bigger and stronger, um, which I already know. I'm working hard on that uh, in this summer in training. But, yeah, the biggest thing is just getting bigger and stronger off the ice, and uh, when, if I do that off the ice, then it'll help me on the ice. Um, for me, I just, I just eat more. Um, my mom cooks me meals uh, three times a day, and then I cook my own little snacks in between, so... It works perfectly that way. All right, what's Mama Kidney's specialty? What's your favorite? Um, I like chicken and pasta and avocado. That's my favorite. Okay, so Mark Masters doing the investigative reporting there to find out exactly what uh, his favorite is in the kidney home. Uh, Riley Kidney was a second-round pick, 2021, had a terrific season uh, in Acadie Bathurst last week, a 100-point uh, season last year. Um and the Canadians have told him um, that to, to get to the next level, he needs to be bigger, 
and stronger. And so he's, uh, he's put on eight pounds so far in the off season and, and, uh, he's looking forward to this season in the queue and, and hopefully we'll have another terrific season. Oh, I, I wish the way I could improve myself was to eat more as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, be sure to read all the content available at ahl.report. Also listen to and subscribe to the press zone. We have some quotes. Well, we have a quote for this week. Uh, it comes from Max uh, Pacioretty. Uh, Max Pacioretty, a former Montreal Canadian who's now on the Hurricanes. Uh, he was traded to the Golden Knights in between there. Uh, given to the Hurricanes from the Golden Knights is basically a salary dump. And uh, we, we get to hear a little bit from him. Yeah, this is, uh, just to preface, uh, this is a, a longer clip uh, than we usually play. And the reason we're doing that is because there's been, boy, a lot of reaction about a former Canadians player by Canadians fans this week on social media talking about Max said this, Max said the other thing. We want you to hear uh, what what Max said. And he was asked about the, the question, the setup. Um, he was asked about um, playing in, in, in pressure environments uh, in Montreal and in, in uh, Vegas. And was there a difference uh, to the playing environment? And, um, and be patient with this clip. And, and uh, I find it a, a real fascinating answer, contrasting playing in Montreal to playing in Vegas. My answer to this, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and, I, and I, there are good sides to everything. So when I first got there, I was almost like, it was kind of weird that there was no accountability and I'm not talking about like within the team. I'm talking about like, like everywhere. You just couldn't like you couldn't feel pressure coming off of anyone else from the coach from the management. Like, I mean, I would play. I had an awful game, and I come in, and everyone's saying hi to me, and I'm like, okay, this is a little weird. Like normally, like we walk by each other and like stare at the carpet, and then at the same time, like I, if, even if you wanted to find out what the media was saying about you, I don't even know how you would even go about that because it's like. I don't even know the, where the media would be on Twitter. I don't even know what to search or anything like that. So <laughs> I, there was a relief when I got there, but then I found myself being like, okay, I got to kind of like reel this thing in and, and, and hold myself to a higher standard and hold Kick myself. Your own ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I had always done my whole life, but maybe I got away from that a little bit when I had everybody else kind of holding me accountable. So in fact, I even mentioned that at the end of the year, I'm like, and I didn't say it specifically, but I'm like, I'm not saying I wanted this to be like playing back in Montreal, but I even told her, I'm like, you gotta, you know, no one's really holding us accountable. If we have a bad year like this, like the city would like be half on fire in Montreal. And here we are, we're <laughs> showing up to the rink and it's 80 degrees and it's sunny and we're getting our car wash and getting our organic food and our go play you know, golf. Yeah, yeah. Go play, play golf. Blackjack. And I was kind of like, <laughs> No, we got to kind of police this thing a little bit better amongst each other because, like, it, I don't want to say it's a country club, but, uh, like, you have no one from the outside holding you accountable. So I never thought in a million years that I'd be feeling this way. But but at the end of the day, I, I kind of look at, okay, what can I have done better this year? And, and that was almost like, I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, be like uh, a journalist that's going to go rip a player, but... At the same time, a lot of these guys haven't played somewhere else, so they don't know really what it's like. And and I felt myself personally, uh, it always gets the best out of you when you have either a coach or somebody or 
my parents, uh, not with hockey, but with other stuff, like when they're demanding and hold you accountable. And, and I found myself almost missing that a tiny bit when things went wrong this year. And I know it sounds crazy and yeah, no, people I, might I know jump what on you're it. Saying. Yeah. So I, I, I know it. Yeah. And it's just a part of the evolution sure. of, uh, as Chris mentioned before, of like being a different person and growing up and, and, uh, yeah, I find myself, you know, kind of wanting that accountability now, but when I first got traded, definitely not. I, I, I had to kind of take a step back and, and reel myself in when it came to that. This is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. That's our friend Chris uh, Nyland um, uh, interjecting uh, there, and uh, uh, Max Pacioretty on his on the Chris Nyland podcast. Um, if you if you hear everything in context, and that's why we wanted to play the whole quote. He's not trashing Vegas, the the Golden Knights organization. He's not trashing, never has the the Canadians. Um, He's just talking about the, the different environment. And yes, uh, he admits it was a pressure cooker in Montreal that everybody held you accountable and the media and fans and, and uh, teammates and, and, uh, and coaches. And, uh, and it, the, to, to when he left Montreal, it was a relief. But then um, the fact that, that things were so laid back and uh, that, uh, you know, there wasn't uh, such outrage when there was a, a loss um, that he kind of he kind of missed that. And um, so I, I think it's uh, it's it's far more nuanced his his comments than than people are, are making them. And and Max Pacioretty is a good guy. He's an honest guy. He was he was a good captain, this, despite the trashing that he got by the organization. Um, and, and the whole thing about him demanding a trade that, that, that wasn't true. We know, we know now we, 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 we told you when it was happening, it wasn't true. We know, we all know now it wasn't true. Um, and that was precipitated by, um, Bergevin and, and that ego, um, and the power trips that he did on Pacioretty and Markov and Romanov and, and so on. Um, but I just find it fascinating him saying that um, that pressure, that outside pressure, that pressure of Montreal actually is it can be it, it can be stifling, stifling, um, especially if you're a young player or or a player without, um, you know, uh, being established. Uh, but it can also be motivating and power you through and and. Um, just a fascinating kind of contrast between playing in a hockey mad uh, a city like uh, uh, Montreal and and a, a place where hockey is new to to the environment and there's so many other distractions in Vegas. Yeah, really interesting comments there. Uh, I think fair comments as well. I, there was nothing there that I felt like was trashing anything about Montreal, no. and uh, I, I'm curious how that's gonna go to. Uh, when he's in Carolina, like the difference between Montreal, Vegas and Carolina is I wonder if Carolina is going to be even more like open to him just being able to do anything and even less pressure. We'll see. I'd like to hear from him on that in the future. The interesting thing elsewhere in, um, in the podcast, he talked about going to air, um, to Carolina and said that, um, uh, all of the, the players that he's talked to and, and, and ex players, uh, he mentioned, how many um, NHL players retire uh, in Carolina? And he said that to him, 
that speaks uh, to the fact that there's maybe not um, purely hockey wise, but there's a good sports culture in Carolina between college and NFL and, um, and, um, and the fact that it's a, a nice place, a welcoming place, a family place to, to live. So uh, he spoke very positively about his expectations, uh, whether, whether it will live up to that or not, we'll, we'll have to see, but uh, it was, yeah, it was a great podcast. So now we have uh, some NHL transactions uh, from around the league uh, and some other news based on the NHL from around the league. Uh, the big one is the Calgary Flames signed forward Jonathan Huberdeau signed to an eight-year contract, $84 million is the total there. And wow, uh, last week when there was a report that Calgary's GM met up with Huberdeau in Montreal, for dinner, um, I don't think people necessarily expected that Calgary w- was going to walk away with uh, Jonathan Huberto locked up. I think most people were speculating on a trade potentially to Montreal, but uh, nice to have some clarity there. And you know what? Good for Calgary. Uh, after that uh, Kachuk trade, they seem to have been able to, uh, I guess, salvage some good pieces here. Well, we talked about that trade, and um, you know, as it sat. I thought that that Florida certainly got the best player, uh, but we said the way that that Calgary can can get a win out of this trade uh, was signing these players long term, um, and we didn't know. You know, we heard Canadians fans uh, saying just just one more year, just one more year to wait for um, um, Jonathan Huberdeau to go to the the free agent market, and and the Canadians could nab him there, but. Not anymore. Uh, locked up. There's this year, and then uh, another eight after that. Um, the eighty-four million dollars of interest that sixty-one point five million of that eighty-four million is in signing bonuses, um, and along with um, the the salary, there's a full no move clause. Um, year seven and eight, it opens up a little bit. Partial no trade. Uh, and he has a list of 12 teams, but um, he seems committed to uh, Calgary uh, it, by his comments. And Calgary, obviously, very committed to him and a very productive dinner uh, between uh, Brad Trey Living and, and Jonathan Huberdeau in Montreal uh, solidified uh, that uh, that signing. Yeah, And as uh, I, I kind of mentioned before this, uh, Dinners in Montreal seem to go a lot better than dinners in Buffalo, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, <so>. that's true. <laughs> Last week, The Athletic published the 10 worst contracts in the NHL. This week, they ranked each NHL team by contract efficiency. Uh, I think you can all guess where the Habs ended up on this list. Uh, they ended up very victorious, uh, placing 32nd in the entire league. And most of the blame probably goes to Mark Bergevin for that Uh Montreal, obviously, just they don't have too many, uh, I guess, very friendly contracts, should we say. So, yeah, last week was focus, focused on individual players as far as uh, their contract efficiency. And um, we'll remind people this, this is a model. This is the game score model developed by uh, Dom Lecician with The Athletic. Um, and it, it it was used to project the uh, player's impact um, and number of points that, that they would contribute um, based on their their uh, contract value and and this looking for surplus value, um, you know, value over replacement. Let's say, um, and on that list, um, I don't think it's any surprise that the Florida Panthers. Uh, 
rank first. Uh, they're getting the most out of uh, the contracts uh, that they have. Uh, the Canadians rank last. And, and, you know, lots of our listeners said, uh, Nick Suzuki, really? Uh, there's a lot worse contracts on the, on the Canadians' books. Well, you're right. There are a lot of bad contracts on the Canadians' books. Uh, put there by by Mark Bergevin. There's no debate about that. Nick Suzuki, uh, his surplus value, um, according to the model, is minus 27 million, meaning that over the course of his eight-year deal, um, he's and it, a lot of it is is reflected in in how he played last year, and and they talk about the the uh, Dom Ducharme effect um, that he's not expected to to. Uh, live up to his value and right now playing like a second line center not the first line center that he's being paid as Uh, but he his contract um, uh, according to the model is ranked as a d minus he has a lot of company in that d range Uh, and we said that josh anderson last week uh, that honorary mentions uh, for bad contracts went to josh anderson and david savard while they're on this list as d minuses um, lots of C's for the Canadians. Uh, Paul, De, uh, Paul Byron, Christian Dvorak, bad contract. Brendan Gallagher, we know, bad contract. Jonathan Drouin, not living up to what he's being paid uh, at $5.5 um, um, Mike Hoffman, uh, Yol Armia, uh, Joel Edmondson. There's, there's a lot of... Of, uh, of players who are underperforming relative their, to their contract uh, and projected out. Uh, that puts the Canadians in uh, last place in terms of contract efficiency, according to this model. Um, so we said it before that, that uh, it's a tough job for Kent Hughes, but he's got to get rid of some of these. And uh, um, not only as the team improves to help uh, get a better contract efficiency, but to give himself uh, more flexibility when it comes to the salary cap yeah it's going to be a very tough sell for Kent Hughes and uh, wishing him best of luck with that uh wasn't all bad with the athletic though they were relatively nice to the Montreal Canadiens um they ranked NHL teams by off-season improvement and uh, Montreal comes in at number nine uh they noted that uh, one of the reasons for that is uh, they like the potential of Kirby Doc over uh, the potential of Romanov so they see that as a win and uh you know what, with uh, Montreal ending the season and dead last, I, I think there there's definitely going to be a little bit of improvement next season. At least you would hope so. So again, they're using that game score. Um, and um, this, this uh, ranking is all about how many wins uh, each team added or subtracted from last season, um, according to the model. Um, and so yeah, the, the interesting part for me is um, the bottom seven or eight teams, uh, where the Canadians, the teams that the Canadians are uh, going to be competing against uh, to get out of the, the basement where they were last season, um, they all are, are near the top of this, um, of the improvement rankings. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, they had 74 points last year. They're expected to, given uh Based on the the improvements they made, they're going to add 12 points to their their total. That add 12 points to that 74 point total. Uh, Seattle Kraken are projected to 
um, have four more wins than, than last year. New Jersey Devils, also four wins. Uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, they're expected to add 3.7 wins. Anaheim Ducks, 3.7 uh, wins. Um, and the Montreal Canadiens are expected to add um, two wins uh, to their total from last year. So uh, that's ninth best in terms of number of wins or, or value added or change from last year. Uh, but it's all relative, right? Because that four points is added to a 55-point um, season from last year. So they, they're, they're projecting the Canadians in that 60-point uh, range uh, this coming season, which we know where that is. We, we, know, we know where you find yourself for that. And, and so, um, so it's not a surprise. And, and, and when, when we talked last week about the coaching staff and Marty St. Louis saying this season is going to be not about results, uh, but about intentions, about development. Uh, so uh, not not being negative, but just brace yourselves that, that this is going to be a season where uh, it's got to be better than, than the way Dom Ducharme coached. Uh, but this isn't going to be a season where the Canadians are expected to be competing for a playoff spot. They improved in the offseason, according to the model, uh, but not enough to get them out of that bottom set of teams. So uh, that will be all for this first segment on Canadians Connection. Stay with us. Up next, uh, we have our bounce back segment. We're going to talk about where all the way, all the ways that we think that um, cer- certain Montreal Canadiens players can improve. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. This is a this is our breakthrough and bounce back segment. We I guess each came up with a list of players that we feel 
might have a breakthrough season and might have a bounce back season based on uh, what happened last year. It's uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's kind of fun. Um, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's early to be doing this a way too early look. Um, and, but there's going to be, given that the Canadians are focused on a young lineup, uh, there's, there's going to be opportunities and, uh, for young players to, uh, have a breakthrough year. Um, and in addition, um, because it was almost everybody's, uh, as far as veterans go, almost everyone's worst season and, and, uh, had that difficult season with uh, with Dom Ducharme and and the lack of communication and and uh, his system that wasn't working. Um, there are also opportunities for players to uh, rebound and and have a bounce back given uh, their difficult performance last year. Yeah, the Canadians' opening night roster is uh, far from being set in stone. Uh, as we all know, Kent Hughes has a lot of work to do, especially to gain a little bit of cap flexibility. But uh, when we look at the current roster, there are some opportunities for several young players to have breakthrough seasons and uh, some other players to have maybe a bit of a bounce back after stumbling the last season or two. So what we'll do is uh, we'll start off with our breakthrough players uh, for the 2022-2023 season on the Montreal Canadiens. And then after that, we'll... Uh, get into our bounce back uh, we might have uh, some similar players on our list we might have some different ones and uh, I look forward to getting into this absolutely um, what are we talking about when we talk about breakthrough what are we talking about um, it's it's and because you know as as you and I talked during during the week uh, there are players who kind of straddle both lines right um, but generally uh, they are players who have not yet established themselves at a level uh, that they want to get to. So it's breaking through to, to that level. Um, so I think we're all going to agree. Um, it, it's a little dangerous because we remember what happened last year, but we're all going to agree that, that Cole Caulfield is going to have, we expected his breakthrough season to be last year. We expected him to have a breakthrough season to, um, emerge as one of the the you know feared snipers in the NHL, uh, be a candidate for the Calder, and that never really materialized. Uh, let's let's. I think Cole wants that to happen. I think uh, Marty Saint Louis wants that to happen. Um, and so let's just uh, put that as a given uh, that we expect uh, Cole Caulfield to be one of the Canadians. Uh, young breakthrough players uh, this season. Yeah, uh, probably more of an obvious one. I think we saw enough of uh, what he can do at the end of last season to feel pretty confident coming into this year that uh, he'll he'll be a steady uh, guy in that top six. But uh, I'll start off with uh, one here, and uh, I think this is a player that we expected maybe a little bit more from last season. Uh, I think think he probably would have been a great candidate for a breakthrough player last season and uh, coming into uh, this my first pick is uh, Nick Suzuki look we we know he's good we know he's a top six guy but uh, I think he has a little bit more to establish he probably ends up being more of a second line center on most most teams at this point Last season, he scored uh, 21 goals uh, for a 61-point total, the highest uh, he's had so far in uh, his three seasons in the NHL. 
And you know what? That in itself is not bad, but I think uh, we want a little bit more. We want him to live up to that contract a little bit more. We want to see him turn into a bona fide number one center. And I think this is a good season to do it. There's very low expectations for this Montreal team. And uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield displayed some pretty good chemistry at the end of last year. So I think we're going to get some more consistency from Suzuki. He's another year older. Uh, He has a different coach. He probably has better line mates this year than he did last year. So I think that Nick Suzuki is a guy who's going to take a huge step forward and really establish himself coming into next season. Yeah, that's that's uh, I think it's a good pick because um, right now Nick Suzuki is performing as let's as you said a, a second line center, but the expectations are higher for him. Uh, Mark Bergevin certainly expected that he was going to be uh, a, a first line center, and and uh, that's why the contract uh, was was awarded to him. Uh, that is. Um, and, and I think it's clear that uh, from their comments, Jeff Gordon and, and Kent Hughes believe uh, that he has uh, that in him as well to be a, a top-line center. Um, and, and this year is, is the year that um, he needs to break through and prove that, that he can attain that. And I think the other part of him um, getting to that level is uh, that that the Canadians could be um, strong uh, down the middle if Kirby Doc is able to provide him. Kirby Doc is uh, uh, proven himself so far as a good defensive uh, uh, center, and we know that that Nick Suzuki uh, had been playing uh, with the absence of, of Phil Deneau, playing against the uh, opposition's best uh, best line, and and that maybe has. Uh, uh, tamp down his numbers uh, last year. Uh, so with 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 the support of Kirby Doc and Christian Dvorak, um, that that may be what uh, a help to uh, Nick Suzuki to unleash uh, his potential. And 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 I think you know absolutely belongs on this list. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a reason why I wanted to include him there. But uh, up next, uh, you have uh, I guess an interesting pick. Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Ulanen um, is, uh, he was the player who looked most ready to graduate from the Laval Rocket. He, out of, out of any of the Laval Rocket, and, and, and we can admit that the Rocket didn't have many uh, prospects uh, last season, uh, but he was the player who played the most mature game, who played extremely well in, in all three zones, um, skates like an NHLer, um, has decent size, and at 22 years old, um, he's a second-round pick from 2018. Uh, he's ready to make that jump uh, and break through into uh, the NHL. Um, in in his NHL appearances, he has 14 NHL uh, games and got five points, um, and uh, that's kind of remarkable in that he, you know. He was uh, typically placed on the fourth line, which is not not where his uh, where he can be allowed to shine. Um, he's got a great shot. Uh, he's an excellent skater, and um, I I think out of any of the Canadians' prospects, uh, that he's the one uh, the 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 forward who has the best opportunity uh, to graduate, uh, have a great camp, and. Um, 
and I mean he's 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 kind of done it all in in the AHL, fifty three points in eighty one games, so uh, he's ready for uh, an opportunity like this. Yeah, what concerns me about Yessa Ulanen is Montreal has a lot of just middle six wingers, so it I'd be a little bit concerned that Ulanen maybe just ends up lining up on the fourth line just because there's not a whole lot of space, which is why I left him off my list. But you know what? Watching him in the, in the NHL last year, watching him play with Laval, it, he's he's a really good player. He's going to be great. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's NHL ready right now. I, I was just a little bit hesitant to include him on my list just because of the abundance of wingers that Montreal currently has on their roster. And and that's a good time to kind of, uh, it's a good point, and it's a good time to insert our caveat into all of this. Um, you know, much of this depends on how the the opening night roster is going to be shaped. Yeah. Uh, there there are too many forwards, as as our colleague Sam Gerber wrote. Something's got to give. Um, Kent Hughes has got to move some forwards. Has got to create space. And if there's there's a a commitment, as Marty St. Louis says, to uh, development, they have to make space. Uh, they can't they can't block the path of their prospects. Uh, by players who are not going to be with the organization uh, once it 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 uh, it gets going, and and as you said, there's there's a ton of of uh, those forward contracts that that are going to be problematic um, to to get players in the lineup, the Mike Hoffmans and and uh, and so on. Um, so. Uh, a month, a month, and and change to go. Um, Ken Hughes is is got to start making spaces so there aren't obstacles. Uh, otherwise, as you say, it's going to be tough for um, Yessa Ulanen to get into the lineup to be able to show what he can do. Exactly, but uh, there is a lot of space on uh, the Habs defense right now, and uh, that's uh, that's our next pick. We both had this guy in uh, Justin Barron. If you look at Montreal's defense, there's, a, there's not a whole lot there. Not too many veterans and lots and lots of opportunity uh, for younger players to step in. Uh, Justin Barron last season, uh, he stepped in uh, with Montreal for five games. He put up two points, including a goal. And I think we both felt like he was just solid. He looked like he just belonged in the NHL. And uh, like I said, there, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him. I hope that uh, he's not put on for like first pairing minutes. Uh, I, I'd like to see him more as a third pairing type of guy next season, but I think he's due to step in and just look like a really good NHL defenseman last season, which is why I included him uh, as a breakthrough. Now, why did you guys include him? He has seven games of NHL experience. How in the world can you make that, that projection? And, mm-hmm. and the thing is um, we're, we're, we're not, uh, uh, it, this is a really difficult exercise because um, there has to be some some lineup moves to to give uh, players space. But the other part of it, the wild card here is the coaching staff. The coaching staff is so young, so experienced uh, that we don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, uh, Stefan Robada, uh, who's what's he going to value? Uh, on defense. We don't know. We have a good feeling, both of us uh, kind of independently came up with Justin Barron. He, he looked very good um, in the Canadians lineup at the end of the season. His season cut short by injury. 
Um, but is it possible that uh, Caden Gooley comes in and blows everybody away um, in um, in training camp and he becomes that breakthrough candidate? Absolutely. Um, Matthias Norlander, don't forget about him. Um, you know, went back to uh, uh, overseas and is now coming back. Has he, um, you know, notched his game up uh, a level? Uh, that's that's very possible. Jordan Harris, uh, you know, uh, we both have a very good feeling that this could be a, a breakthrough uh, season for uh, Justin Barron, but it's really a roll of the dice uh, depending on how the coaching staff is going to deal with these young prospects. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Uh, part of the reason why I ended up going with a Baron over a Ghoulie is because, well, I between the two guys, Baron has the most professional experience. Uh, Ghoulie's yet to play uh, any uh, NHL games, uh, although last season in the preseason, Ghoulie looked like he was probably the best player on the team. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind Ghoulie getting a little bit of time in the AHL. That's just my personal preference. Yeah, and that's right. Um, Justin Barron has has the fifty games in the AHL, uh, just seven games in the NHL. Uh, but but there there is um, you know a bit more maturity there rather than Gooley, who's who's just coming from a, uh, albeit a very successful junior career, but coming from a junior um, uh, position. Yeah. So we each uh, got to pick a player for Laval to have a breakthrough season as well. So I'll start with my guy. I actually went with a Jordan Harris, somebody that you brought up uh, just a second ago, and this could be, guess, could potentially be interchangeable with Barron, depending on how things go uh, over the course of the preseason. But uh, last season, Harris got into 10 games with the Habs. He put up one goal. And to be honest, as somebody that I think is more of a puck mover, I feel like he'd benefit uh, from some time in the AHL, kind of similar to Gooley. Uh, he was really good in the NCAA. He gained a lot of hype for himself from that and uh, earned himself a contract uh, last season. And uh, to be honest, he's definitely somebody to look out for. I, I, I can see his style of play fitting in really well with uh, Laval, but uh, it, it depends, too, what uh, Laval's coaching staff is going to do. If they're uh, going to focus on development, then you know what? Harris is going to get a lot of mil- minutes down there, and he'll have plenty of, plenty of opportunities to play and be that breakthrough player. But if Laval is given the direction of just win as many games as possible, then it is possible that maybe some veterans uh, push him further down the lineup. Uh, again, uh, roll of the dice, but Jordan Harris is is interesting. I I think we got an inkling about uh, uh, way the what the organization feels about him uh, at the end of last season. We saw him in and out of the lineup, uh, spending a few uh, games in the press box. Um, I think size is uh, mental game is there, but I think size is going to be a factor. And again, we we. Um, you know, these, all of these, uh, players are, uh, working on their, their game, on their conditioning, on, on their fitness levels, on their, on their, uh, strength, uh, in the off season. And, and we'll have to wait and see what that's going to look like in training camp. Um, could Harris displace Baron? You know, I, I think there's less of a chance of that, but, uh, but he could be primed for a very good season in Laval if J.F. Wool and coaching staff give him a, a, a top opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, who is uh, the player that you put to have a breakthrough in Laval? 
kind of like Emil Heinemann. And uh, we remember Heinemann. I mentioned him uh, earlier um, uh, being uh, drafted uh, by the Florida Panthers in the 2020 um, uh, draft in the second round. Um, he's been through a couple of organizations already from Florida to Calgary and then Calgary in the trade, uh, the Toffoli trade, uh, to Montreal, a player that, uh, it said that, uh, the evaluators in Montreal, this, this guy, they really wanted, um, with him, it's, um, he's just an extremely powerful skater. Um, he's, he's the kind of guy who's, uh, um, a powerful skater can, can cycle the puck, um, he's got a great release on his shot. Um, you know, he's young, uh, 20 years, played uh, 92 games in the SHL. He's been playing against men. Um, I think the, the knock on him is that he needs to, to uh, figure out how to better use his line mates better. And, and um, that's why uh, I see him going to Laval, but having a very prominent role in Laval. And, uh, and, and let's hope he's given those opportunities, uh, to show, uh, you know, and, and develop those, those skills. Yeah. I believe Heinemann was one of those standouts from development camp. He's That's uh, right. somebody that I think a lot of people project to just be, I, I guess, at least a steady player at most levels, uh, coming from the SHL playing against men, uh, he already has that experience. And I think the SHL in terms of competitiveness, could be similar to the AHL. The AHL, I, I'd say that probably is a little bit higher in competitiveness, but I can see Heinemann coming in and absolutely having a very big role with Laval next season. So I like that pick from you. Thank you. That I, I Let's keep an eye on him uh, with our AHL report crew uh, on, on Heinemann and, and uh, check in how he's doing. Absolutely. So now I think it's time to move along to our bounce back players for the 2022-23 season. So what's a bounce back player? Well, it's uh, somebody that uh, maybe struggled last season, maybe even the year before, but uh, comes in this season uh, with uh, some different expectations and uh, just looks like an overall better player. Uh, the example you put down for this was a Brendan Gallagher. So I'll get to your take on that. Well, yeah, I think that the the guy, the poster boy that we want here for a bounce back year is Brendan Gallagher. Um, in that, you know, we know how tenacious he can be. We know how he can contribute on the offense. Um, injuries have, have changed the way he's he's played skating. Um, you know, he's, he's become a little slow footed, um, and, and he's moved down, uh, the lineup. Um, you know, this is, this is the guy I want, uh, to be the, the Canadians bounce back player. Is he going to get there? I'm, I don't think so. Uh, but Brendan Gallagher was looking forward to, he said he was really looking forward to a longer off season, uh, so that he could work on his his conditioning, work on his skating, um, and and let's uh, hope that he comes back and and is the the poster boy for a bounce back year that um, that that I'd like him to be. I personally am not betting on that one too much, but I, I one can dream. I really hope he does. Yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, start off with my first pick in uh, the bounce back players. And uh, I, I may have gone a little bit off the board, but I think it's a pretty interesting one. Uh, I went with Evgeny Dadnov. Uh, last season, he was in Vegas. The year before that, he was in Ottawa. 
he had some very high expectations. He was a guy that used to play with Huberdeau and Barkov in Florida for a lot of years. He was a goal scorer. He was a power play specialist. That didn't quite happen the last two seasons. Uh, he's over 30. He, he's not getting any younger at this point. But you know what? In Ottawa during the shortened season, he was on pace for 20 goals, and the majority of those were at even strength. And then last season with Vegas, he scored another 20 goals. So offensively, even strength-wise, I think he's still pretty good. But the reason why I have him as a bounce back is there's definitely going to be some tempered expectations for him. He's not coming into Montreal uh, expected to score 30 goals and to score like 20 of them all on the power play and to be a sniper and all that. I think he's probably going to come in maybe as a second, maybe even a third line guy. And he might not even be like on that first power play unit. We already Montreal already has guys like Suzuki and Caulfield who can absolutely fill that role on the power play. But you know what? If Dadanov can come in and score 20 goals at even strength, and as an aging guy, if he can kind of reinvent his game a little bit to take on some more defensive uh, responsibility, then I think that's a good bounce back for him. And remember, this is going to be the last year of his contract. He has something to play for. Even leading up to the trade deadline, I, I think that if he comes in and he's steady, he shows he can score a little bit still. He shows that he's developed the defensive side of his game. This is a guy that could get traded to a playoff team at uh, the trade deadline as well. So he has a lot to look forward to. I, I think that Dadnov is somebody that I'm going to watch very closely coming into this season. No, I think you're right. And and a bounce back in terms of a player that uh, apparently had little or no value uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, he was put in the embarrassing situation of being traded uh, at the trade deadline. That trade was nullified by the NHL. Uh, had to go back and, and uh, to his credit, um, you know, uh, face that difficulty in going back after being traded um, on paper anyway, and um, and then was traded again in the offseason. So um, I think his bounce back is, is showing that he can be a value uh, to an organization and particularly, as you said, um, a playoff team, uh, that he can be a good addition and, and perhaps uh, a player that uh, Kent Hughes can move uh, at the deadline. His difficulty is what we talked about before. There's a million forwards, and uh, he'll have to... Uh, carve out his place uh, in that group. Um, and fortunately, um, we talked about it last week, that uh, he he knows a lot of, uh, quite a few of, of uh, the present players on the Canadians, so uh, should be made to, to feel very comfortable. Yeah, and he's coming in with the chip on his shoulder too. You know what, after he got sent to, back to Vegas uh, after the trade was nullified, I thought he played really well he had some of his best games of the season so you know what uh he's got a chip on his shoulder he's got something to prove so we'll uh i think up next uh, i'll let you have your first pick for the bounce backs i put uh, kirby doc in this um in in this slot and uh it's odd to put a, a you know a young player uh in that in that position he's only 21 years old uh to have a bounce back but i think a bounce back in terms of the fact that um, you know, he's he's uh, a, was a first round pick, third overall in the 2019 uh, draft uh, selected by Chicago, um, and he's really never uh, lived up to that uh, that 
that third overall billing. Uh, been a bit of a disappointment so far. So bouncing back and proving, um, you know, to 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 folks uh, the the potential that he he showed in junior and and really he's he did a pretty good job in uh, Chicago as far as as I mentioned before on the defensive side of the puck. It's it's been the offensive side. Uh, he had a decent year last year, uh, but just nine goals in seventy games. Um, that I think he has more to give. And, and so in, in those terms, um, I, I see this as an opportunity for him to, to bounce back. And, and, um, and, and we, heard, we played his quotes. He's looking forward to the opportunity. And I think he knows that, um, you know, we talked about a contract situation. If he's in a short contract, um, then he'll have things to prove as well. Yeah, injuries certainly have gotten in the way for uh, Kirby Doc's development, which is, I think that's part of why he hasn't been able to live up to that third overall pick status. And it, he's got a fresh start. If he can stay healthy and having a fresh start on a team with very low expectations, I can see this really working out uh, for both sides. And uh, like you mentioned as well, he still needs a contract. Uh, he'll probably end up on a shorter term one. He, he's going to have something to prove. He's going to want that big money uh, as an RFA. Yeah, absolutely. Next on uh, both of our lists, because uh, I guess with both categories, we ended up with one in common. It's uh, Jake Allen. I think this is kind of an interesting one. You look at what happened last year. There were some injury problems. He was being relied on very heavily at times and being overworked. He didn't put up very good numbers. He wasn't that great until the end of the season. But, but at that point, Montreal was out of the playoffs, and everyone in general improved uh, after that trade deadline. I think he'll come in and he won't be as worked as he was last year. They have uh, Samuel Montembeau, who they put on a one-way contract, so that shows that maybe they're not going to be so hesitant to put Montembeau in the net if Allen needs a break. And, uh, well, the other uh, part of this as well is we, we need to figure out what's happening with Price. Is Allen going to be the starter or is he going to be the, pre- uh, the backup to Price? So I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on Jake Allen. Well, I, I'm looking forward to a bounce back here. Uh, he 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 had uh, a difficult season, uh, just nine wins in 35 starts. Um, you know his his goals against and save percentage weren't w- where he wanted them to be. I think even more so in in the advanced stats, um, the really bad starts as 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 developed by Rob Volman. He had eight really bad starts. He was below uh, in the negatives on the uh, goal saved above average, the replacement kind of goaltender category. Um, and and I think the difficulty for Jake was that um, he was misused uh, last year by Dom Ducharme. We remember Dom Ducharme coming to the podium and saying. We, we just can't play a Jake Allen night after night after night after night or and, or this is going to be the cause. And, you know, somebody said, well, aren't you the guy who decides? <laughs> it, it, it was kind of uh, silly. Um, so hopefully Jake Allen has a more balanced uh, workload this year because uh, he can be um, and, and was uh, by all by all uh, reports, uh, was sought after. He can be a very effective backup. And uh, so let's hope that uh, he has a, uh, an injury-free season first and foremost and, and a bounce back here for him. 
Yeah, a little bit more consistency as well. I think that was an yeah. issue as well, where maybe you'd come in, have a good game, and then a whole bunch of not-so-good games with uh, some stinky goals. But uh, hopefully uh, Allen comes in and uh, has that bounce back, like he said. So we each have a bounce back uh, player for the Laval Rocket, and uh, I'll start with uh, your pick. I chose Otto Leskinen, and um, and and not that Otto Leskinen, in, in terms of bounce back, not that he had a, a poor season last year, uh, but he was away from the Canadians organization last year. And a bounce back in in terms of that he's returning uh, to the Canadians organization. Otto Leskinen, um, a 25-year-old defenseman, undrafted defenseman. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when he played for, uh, when he last played for uh, the Canadians organization, the Laval Rocket in 2020-21 uh, season, he was Laval's best defenseman, uh, most consistent defenseman. Uh, not the, the kind of guy who's going to wow you necessarily, uh, although he, you know, he was contributing on the point side, uh, the assist side, um, but uh, very solid, very steady, uh, and w- would be a good um, a good defenseman to work with uh, some of the younger uh, prospects, uh, prospect defensemen in Laval. So um, I I I and. You know he's he's uh, a guy with a left shot, but he he has played the right side. So we know the the difficulty uh, of of filling that that right side for the Canadians. So he he may get a call up as well uh, uh, to Montreal sometime during the season, um, and uh, the, he he would be you'd you'd call him a steady defenseman, an experienced defenseman, a mature defenseman. Um, I, I'm really glad to see uh, Otto Leskinen back in Laval. Yeah, he's going to be a nice addition down there. And uh, like you said, hopefully uh, he's going to be a good mentor for some younger guys like your Ghoulies and your Harrises. And uh, you know what? I, I think that'll be a good fit and uh, a nice bounce back for him. The guy I picked for my uh, Laval bounce back, uh, I think uh, maybe this is a bit of an obvious one, but I went with Caden Primo and... First and foremost, leave him in the AHL, please. Let him have a year in the AHL. Don't call him up unless you're desperate. Um, Last year was difficult. He was bouncing back and forth between both leagues and sometimes for no reason in particular. Just call him up. Oh, yeah, let's see what he can do tonight, even though we have healthy goaltenders. Um, You know what? He never really had a chance to settle down in the AHL. I thought he had an all right start, but as soon as he started uh, getting into the NHL and then getting sent back down to the AHL, that's when there were some problems. He lost his starting job to Kevin Poulin, the veteran. But uh, you know what? In the playoffs, uh, when he finally had an opportunity to get back into the net, uh, well, he took it and he did not want to give it back. So full credit to Primo on that one. And I think next year, if they can just let him just be groomed and do his thing and develop in the AHL. I think he'll have a great bounce back season and uh, really reestablish himself as a really good goaltending prospect. Absolutely. Let him be, uh, just let him be, um, let him get two thirds of the starts, uh, in Laval. Um, you know, when he, when he was called up, he had one win, um, in 12 starts, uh, 12 games with the Canadians, um, he had a really tough time, and then that lack of confidence affected him when he went back to Laval, and and uh, as you said, losing his job. 
um, losing his starting job. Um, and, and we saw, you know, Lavelle had a terrific defense last year, a uh, solid unit in the playoffs, was able to, um, you know, be a real good support for him. And we saw what he can do when he plays as a confident goaltender. Um, you know, a lot of the issues for, for young goaltenders are mental. And, and these are things that uh, Caden Bremo has to be allowed to work through. Um, being able to let in a bad goal and forget about it and, and move on and, um, that or or make a big save and forget about it and move on. Um, those are the kinds of things that the lessons that uh, he needs to learn. He needs to know he's the goaltender uh, in uh, Laval, and uh, and as you said, just let's leave him in Montreal in uh, Laval for the season. Yeah, uh, last thing I'll say on that note too is that having the Montembeau buffer does help with that quite a bit. Um, if there are injuries one of price and or Allen are not ready to go yet you have a Montembeau who can step in and play those games so there is really no reason to have to call up primo unless basically everyone gets injured yeah absolutely so i th- those are two uh, pretty good lists uh, i i liked uh, all the takes you had on that uh, especially in terms of your breakthrough players including uh yes ulanen and uh you know what? This was a fun segment. I enjoyed this, Rick. Yeah, me too. And and we we hope you enjoyed it. But we we know that we're, there are a lot of players to choose from, um, as far as breakthroughs, as far as bounce backs. So we want to hear from you. Uh, reach out to us either on our Rocket Sports text line five eight five three Rocket. If you have more to say, send us an email info at allhabs.net, uh, or reach out to us on social media. So now's the time we take our final break on the Canadians Connection. Stay with us. We will have our Canadians Connection question of the week next. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, 
log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 203 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit the website canadiansconnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. And this is the Have Your Say segment. We're going to have our Canadians Connection question of the week, which I teased off the top of the show. But uh, very good second segment with our breakthroughs and bounce back. And uh, how is it going for segment three, Rick? Lots of fun. Uh, we had fun, but we want to hear from you. And uh, this turns out to be uh, the Have Your Say segment. Um, so um, we want you to subscribe. Uh, but we also want to hear from you with, with your comments um, because you're very passionate. In fact, I should just say, last week I kind of teased it, I guess, um, that it was look li- looking like uh, July was going to be an amazing month uh, for uh, listener, for download listens uh, for the Canadians Connection podcast. It was, you smashed all records. Thank you very much. Thank you to everyone uh, for subscribing, for listening, for sharing it with your friends. Um, one of the top hockey podcasts uh, in Canada for uh, um, um, for the month of July. So we're really, really grateful to each and every one of you. We know you're busy in the summer, uh, so we try to give you all the information, information you can trust, information uh, in a capsule form so that you can take us with you and uh, and again, we're we're th- we're thrilled and uh, and really grateful and and want to continue with you this this partnership that we've made over the summer. We want to continue right through into the Canadians' new season. Yeah, and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in over that month. That uh, it was a lot of fun, and we all enjoyed it. We have uh, some other ways to help you stay up to date with the Montreal Canadiens over the summer and well through the season in general. Uh, first and foremost, our all Habs Hockey Magazine at allhabs.net. Weekly, every Monday, you have Chris G's Habs Notepad. Also, we sprinkle in our Habs headlines throughout the week. If anything good happens, uh, we'll uh, let you know right away. You can also head over to YouTube if uh, you're interested in getting your Habs news in the form of a YouTube video, Habs Hockey Report. Go to All Habs Magazine uh, on YouTube, and you should be able to find that pretty easily. Last week was uh, the fan appreciation. Amy Johnson hosts that, and uh, she does all sorts of awesome content. She keeps you up to date with the all the Habs news, and she's very interactive. Please leave some comments, like, and subscribe if you like what you heard, and uh, make sure you tune into the Habs Hockey Report. She's called on Habs fans. Um, so uh, YouTube.com slash All Habs. All Habs, all one word. YouTube.com slash All Habs. She wants all um, of our uh, our friends, our listeners, uh, our Habs uh, community um, to um, submit to, to her any kind of uh, video. Just take a video with your phone of uh, your jersey collection, of your hockey card collection, of your fan cave, 
uh, of your pets dressed up, of how you celebrate uh, the Montreal Canadiens and maybe how you're celebrating and you take the Canadians along with you uh, on your vacation or to the beach. Um, so you have an opportunity this month uh, to uh, submit uh, short videos to her and uh, and she's going to put together a really fun compilation uh, of Habs fans and see what they're up to. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that compilation. That should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, the final way we'll keep you up to date on everything is uh, our Rocket Sports Radio podcast. So we have two of them. Uh, the one you're listening to right now, the Canadians Connection podcast, that comes out every Saturday afternoon. And we'll be here right through to the end of the summer and we'll continue on through the season. We do not take any breaks here and uh, we'll uh, keep you up to date on all the Habs news. You can also tune into the Press Zone. That comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, that one, it's all about uh, the AHL, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on Habs prospects and the Laval Rocket. Next week, the Press, Zone Pro- uh, the Press Zone podcast will feature Amy, Rick, and Patrick Williams for uh, the AHL Hot Stove. That's right. And um, so what are the difference between the two podcasts? Well, here we focus on all things Canadians. Uh, but on the press zone, it's it's Canadians prospects wherever you find them, college hockey, junior hockey in Europe or in the AHL. And uh, so the, the midweek podcast uh, helps you. It comes out every Tuesday, helps uh, keep you updated on Canadians prospects with a particular focus. We have the AHL guru, Patrick Williams, joining us uh, to be able to, to give you uh, some some inside info uh, from that league. And, and the only thing we ask, uh, we ask you to subscribe. In the player that you're listening to this podcast in, hit subscribe uh, or go to canadiansconnection.fm and there you'll find all of our back episodes and, and you'll be able to subscribe there too. So now it's time for the Canadians Connection question of the week. And the question is, would you support individual goal songs for Montreal Canadiens players? So I'll preface this a little bit. Uh, typically, I, I think NHL teams will have their one goal song and everyone gets excited whenever they score. They play that song, the same one every single time. But there are some other teams that uh, I guess they have through a number of years, but uh, in more recent history, they started uh, assigning songs to certain players. I guess the players get to pick uh, what song they want to hear when they score. So it's, uh, it's an interesting discussion and we're curious to hear uh, what you guys think about that. The Montreal Canadiens' current goal song. Now, you may prefer one of the older versions, um, and, and that's a discussion for another time. Uh, but the the question here is, uh, would you like to hear this song every time? And, and hopefully it's often. Hopefully it's often. Hopefully. You hear this song every time the Montreal Canadiens score. Uh, or, you know, we're, we, there was a question recently from the Hockey News that we're was kind of asking fans about uh, whether um, they would like to hear individualized uh, goal songs. And, and as you said, a couple of teams, uh, Buffalo Sabres, Washington Capitals, uh, I think even you mentioned the, uh, the Senators have been doing this kind of thing from time to time. So uh, would, would you support uh, individual goal songs for Montreal Canadiens players? And putting you on the spot, Michael, what do you have to say about this question? I, I like the idea of it. I, I like having individual goal songs for certain players. 
maybe not uh, the whole roster, but uh, I, I like when that happens. Growing up uh, as a young hockey fan in Ottawa, going to some Ottawa Senators games with my dad. Uh, some of the more exciting uh, moments were, you know, when uh, Danny Heatley scores and they play uh, The Heat Is On, or when Danny Offertson scored, they would play A Beautiful Day by U2. Uh, for me, th- those were just kind of iconic moments. As soon as you hear the song, you know exactly who scored. It, it was kind of fun, too. Each player had their own rationale for why they wanted to hear this song. And to be honest, uh, sometimes when uh, teams have their particular goal songs, and I'm looking at you, uh, Chicago Blackhawks, it gets annoying <laughs> just to hear the same song every single time they score. It, it just doesn't change. I, I like to change it up. I, I don't mind players having a little bit of individualism, but uh, I'll, I'll put it like this. In terms of the Montreal Canadiens, if guys who are going to score quite often, like your Cole Caulfields, Nick Suzuki's, if, if they have their own individual goal songs. I like that. If, say, a Justin Barron or a Joel Edmondson have their own goal song, I'd be a little bit confused because those are guys who probably aren't going to score too often and it's just going to be some random song and people won't understand why. (laughs) So I'll bounce this back to you. I'm curious what you think about this. Um, For me, um, this is a team game. Hockey is a team game. Uh, and you want to celebrate as a team. And, um, you know, we, we've seen um, the individualism uh, have a focus in, in other sports. Major League Baseball has their walk-up songs and um, tailored for, for each batter. Um, and and that's, that's kind of filtered down. Uh, and I, sh- I shared that clip with you of, of a T-ball player. Uh, it went, went viral this summer of uh, this little little guy uh, playing t-ball, um, you know, comes up to, to the bat and spends, I don't know, two minutes on, on his dance moves uh, for his individualized walk-up song for t-ball. Um, and obviously, um, and his mom took full credit that, that yes, she, she encouraged this. Um, obviously, they were spending far more uh, time on his moves than his batting, and I think that the whole purpose of uh, sport was kind of was kind of lost, and and that was kind of unfortunate. And um, you know, in in the NFL, we see um, very individualized uh, celebrations. That in the NFL, we see players they they execute a, a very routine play. They they catch a they catch a ball. They they make a tackle. They knock down a pass, and the celebration goes on for you know, far too long, far too long. You know, um, you want to see block shots uh, and and people celebrating each one. I, I know that I I've, I watch. I looked at some of the responses uh, to the hockey news question, um, and they you know, for the most part, I think it was seventy five percent approved of these individual goal songs. And many of the respondents wanted uh, it to go much further because they said it's not fair for everybody to have their their individual goal songs. Um, you know, on the on the Sabers, Robert Hag, who d- doesn't score many goals, but he had his the Proclaimers. I'm gonna walk 500 miles, whatever this song is. Um, they they wanted they wanted uh, uh, songs for um, uh, penalties. 
They wanted, you know, uh, Michael Pizzetta to have uh, a song every time he went to the penalty box. They want uh, songs for goalie saves. Uh, every time they want uh, an individual song to play. And I think this this whole individualism thing, I mean, it's fun to bring out the player's personality and see what kind of uh, choice they might have for a song. But um, for me... Uh, you want to emphasize, and and this, <laughs> I'm I'm fully prepared to be on the losing side of this uh, popular battle. But uh, for me, it's a team game, and uh, want want a, a uniting song for the fans and and for the players. Oh yeah, if we're going to the extreme of uh, songs for penalties and saves or block shots, win faceoffs, then like no, no, that's a little <laughs> bit too much. Uh, like I said, I, I'm all for it. But I, I don't know that I would go to the extreme of the entire roster having each their own individual goal song. If there's like something special that a certain player, you know, wants to go and request uh, as their goal song and they're a player that we would expect to score a decent amount, then, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, definitely get fans excited. I, I, I think a lot of people would enjoy that quite a bit, but uh, like you said, the individualism within this team sport should only go so far. I, I don't want it to get to the point like in football where, you know, say Joel Edmondson makes a big hit. I don't want him to start moonwalking and then play Michael <laughs> Jackson or something like that. Like, no, no, no. But uh, you know what? If I don't know, Brendan Gallagher, if they wanted to play like some Oasis song as his, cool song because you know last name gallagher the two brothers in oasis are both gallagher so you, you can do a little funny stuff like that then sure but uh yeah well, I, I think there's an extent <laughs> and, and i and and you're right that um you know you look at the washington capitals uh john carlson has johnny be good as as his song um uh connor sheary has sherry baby um, Garnet Hathaway has a song by Hathaway. Uh, there's, you can admire players being clever in their choices. And, and it's, I agree that that's kind of fun. Um, a- anyway, I, I think, I think we have different perspectives on this. We, we debate, uh, it's, it's a friendly debate and, uh, we're inviting all of our listeners to debate this as well. We want to hear from you, uh, as far as what you would rather see, whether it's, uh, the current Canadians goal song, maybe a different uh, Canadians goal song um, or individualized goal songs. Uh, let's hear from you. Yeah, looking forward to hearing what everyone says. And uh, we'll, I guess we'll find out who's right by what our listeners have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few uh, upcoming important dates uh, for Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, on uh, the 9th of this month, uh, the World Junior Hockey Championship begins. So on that day, it's going to be uh, Lavia versus Finland. So you'll see a couple of uh, Montreal prospects and Nurmi and uh, Kapanen playing in that game for Team Finland. And then uh, the next day on the 10th, it's uh, Lavia versus Canada. You'll be able to see Riley Kidney and... Uh, He'll be playing for Canada. It's, this Joshua is not Wah, about yeah. yeah Joshua Wah. It's this is not about Lafayette. It's just I, I guess a coincidence that both of those games are against Lafayette. So, but uh, you'll be able to see uh, some Montreal prospects, and it should be quite exciting. Uh, World Juniors are always fun, typically over the Christmas break, but uh, we'll welcome them as uh, as as a welcome back to hockey. And and once the World Juniors happen and and are finished, uh, then there's there's more hockey with training camps, rookie camps, and as we've talked about, 
if you're looking for something to watch today, it's the uh, gold medal game in the Gretzky Holinka uh, tournament. Um, uh, and uh, Canada versus Sweden uh, will be playing. And uh, so lots of hockey on tap for uh, our hockey starved fans. <laughs> Yeah, and that'll get you all prepared for uh, the upcoming preseason a month away. So we've got lots of hockey to list, to uh, check out uh, along the way here in August. But that's going to be a wrap for us today here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us in the player on your favorite podcasting app. You can also share on social media if you liked what you heard today. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, August the 13th. And uh, we'll have another great episode for you. Thank you for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm.